This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello, it's Paul Wheelock and welcome to the Academy Show podcast to talk all things Liverpool under-18s, under-19s and under-23s. And as ever, I'm delighted to say I'm joined by writer, broadcaster and Liverpool supporter Matt Addison. Hello, mate. You good? Yeah, I'm all right, mate. I'm, uh, how are you doing? Yeah, really good. Really enjoying the football at the minute. So, yeah, yeah, it's good. good time at all levels of the club, as we, uh, we'll discover across the course of this podcast. But before we really get into it, it's worth mentioning that there was a big announcement out of the club on Thursday regarding the club's women's team. Uh, their Merseyside derby with Everton on Sunday, November the 17th, will take place at Anfield. It's the first time that Liverpool FC women have ever played a league fixture at the ground. Anfield season ticket holders and official members will gain free access to the match and for other adults it costs five pound with up to three accompanying children under the age of 16 allowed in for free sounds a great occasion it should be a great occasion should be a big crowd it's, it's, it's this is great for, for for the women's section of the club isn't it Matt yeah absolutely I mean it's probably about time isn't it that the, the women's team get to play at Anfield and with it being a Super League fixture Everton as well prestigious um, it's, it's such a big weekend for the whole women's game really I mean it's a a women's football event that the FA are putting on whilst it's the men's international break and absolutely yeah it would be a, a pleasure to to go along and, and see Anfield as full as possible get loads of kids in there bit of free football access to Anfield I mean there's there's nothing not to like about that is there? No I can't recommend it enough my niece is a big Liverpool fan and she plays football herself and she's been across to Tramia I think she's been a mascot and a, a ball girl so if, if if you've got sons or daughters who've never seen the, the women's team play I really would recommend it because it, it should be a great afternoon and, and no doubt we'll be doing more on that match on the website and on, on these podcasts as well hopefully uh, in, ahead of, of the Everton match on November the 17th uh, but a big occasion no doubt about it and and it was also a big occasion for one Liverpool Academy player this week, Nico Williams. Uh, he was drafted into the first team training ahead of the Champions League match with Genk, uh, given Trent Alexander-Arnold was ill and Joel Matip was injured and his, his appearance was picked up by Eagle Eye supporters uh, because the club did broadcast the open tr- uh, session uh, openly. Uh, what kind of player is Nico, Matt? Um, he's a very good player. He's a, a young Welsh youth international. Um, he started off as a winger earlier in his career, so very much attacking like lots of Liverpool players are. Um, being converted into a fullback over the last couple of years and he has had a couple of injury issues. I mean, he's somebody who's certainly been on my radar for, for two or three seasons now. Um, and yeah, it's it's great to see him fitting in at Melwood. He, you know, you could see just from the pictures how much it meant to him and the smile on his face. It, it's fantastic for him and and yeah, I mean, if he can continue doing what he's doing, there's there's no reason he can't go on to to have a great career in the game. It, it's an interesting position right back, isn't it? Because Trent has obviously got it nailed down and he's he's shown the way for all the players in the academy and it shows the level of competition in the squad that, say, James Milner was selected before Joe Gomez. But outside of Trent, I know this is not really a question for Nico Williams, it could be a question for Kiana Hoiver. There is an opportunity there, isn't there? You know, there's not that much natural backup, you know. it's Otherwise, it's players playing from centre-back to right-back or even in James Milner's case, midfielder to right-back. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Joe Gomez is, is going to be a centre-back long-term, so he's not going to be a huge option. So, yeah, looking over the next couple of seasons, you, you would think that there's a, a little space there, a little opportunity for, for someone, whether that's Nico, whether that's someone else, to, uh, to stake a claim and the fact that he's the one who has sort of been pushed up to the first team at this opportunity, then that that probably sort of shows where his standing is at the moment with Jurgen Klopp. And, you know, it, there's, there's nothing to uh, to suggest that he can't go on and, and press forward and keep going. 
he's, he is very much a Liverpool player. He's probably not quite as, as good in an attacking sense as Trent is, but certainly defensively, he's very aware. He, he knows exactly where he needs to be and he's been at the club for a long time now. So he's someone who's well aware of, of what it means, well aware of how the club plays and, and yeah, I can I can certainly see him getting a few more opportunities over the next few weeks. It's interesting what you said there that he was a previously a winger because it does seem to be a, a philosophy, an idea within the club that the fullbacks have got to attack like Robertson and Trent Alexander-Arnold do so well and we've seen it with LaRucci on the, the summer tour of the US. Is, is, this, is this something that goes throughout the age groups where the fullbacks are a big part of the attacking side of the teams as, as well as the defensive? Yeah, it, it certainly seems to be, doesn't it? I mean, obviously, Liverpool want every age group to play in the same way. And when you think of all of these players who have played like Trent in the centre of midfield or LaRucci's played as a winger and then moved back, it, it's sort of, you're making the most of um, a more attack-minded player in a position where most of Liverpool's creativity comes from, really. I mean, if you look at a team like Manchester City, they've got loads of creative players in the, in the centre of the pitch, but... With Liverpool, it is tend it does tend to be Robertson. It does tend to be Trent with crosses, with with getting forward where that sort of attacking focus is. So uh, yeah, I mean, if you think about it like that, it, it makes perfect sense that if you've got a player who is used to playing further forward, you turn them into a a fullback. They can then use the same skills that they have in midfield at fullback as well. You're sort of almost killing two birds with one stone, aren't you? I mean, if as long as they can defend as well, which obviously we know they can, then yeah, it, it seems to work, doesn't it? If you can uh, if you can get them into those forward positions, that extra bit of quality sometimes can be the difference. We thought when we saw Nico at open training that he may have been included for the first team squad in Genk, but he did travel to Belgium, but he actually played for the under-19s in the uh, Europa Youth League, uh, which Barry Luther's side won 2-0. It sounded a good performance. The team are in great form. They're well on track for the knockout stages. They're just rolling on at the moment, aren't they? Yeah, they certainly are. They'd already beaten Salzburg 4-2 and drawn one all at Napoli, as we touched on on the last podcast. Um, so they're in a, a really good position. Two goals, a clean sheet, certainly uh, certainly sounded a real good performance, real solid performance. Leighton Stewart with a goal from the penalty spot. Curtis Jones impressing as well, getting himself onto the score sheet as well. Um, Jakob Ozinski, the, the Polish goalkeeper's come in and he seems to be impressing, he seems to be doing really well. I thought um, I was down there last weekend watching him and he was just so vocal. That was the thing. <laughs> you know, He's a 16-year-old lad. He's only been in England, what, three, four months Still learning the language, but every few seconds, that's what you could hear. You could hear him barking orders. <laughs> you know, I, I can only assume he's like that in training. He's like that, you know, all of the time. And he certainly seems to be really confident. So, yeah, absolutely. They've uh, they've done really well. I think the, the other interesting group, just quickly, uh, the other interesting thing I should say in that group is that Napoli got beat 7-2 at Salzburg. Wow. So they're currently bottom of the group. Um, so, yeah, Liverpool, top of the group at the moment, in a good position to progress. You mentioned the goal scorer, Curtis Jones, before we talk about him in a, in a little bit more detail, which we seem to do on every podcast at the moment because he's just playing so well. But what a pass by Harvey Elliott for that goal. If anyone's not seen it, check it out on YouTube or Twitter or LFC TV. It, it, was, it showed his ability again, then it's picked Curtis out. Yeah, it was a, a lovely little lofted pass with his left foot, just cutting inside and, and seeing that run perfectly. And he, he just times it perfectly well lofts it in and, and obviously the, the assist for the goal. Nice little finish as well from Curtis Jones. But I think 
he started fairly slowly. I think he came in Harvey Elliott with huge expectations. But over the last couple of weeks, I think we've really seen him settle down, start to show some of the, the levels that he's got. And even though he is one of the younger players, he's certainly one of the better players in that age group. And I wouldn't be surprised to see him in the Carabao Cup at Anfield, hopefully next week as well. And I imagine we could say the same about Curtis Jones. Uh, his goal there, I think six goals and seven assists in 13 games in all competitions this season now. And obviously his season include that impressive outing for the first team in the Carabao Cup win at MK Dons that set up the Arsenal tie. I, again, I, I don't really, uh, you know, I think there's no shame in keep on talking about Curtis Jones because he is the under 18, the under 19 uh, under 23 captain now isn't he but he also captains the under 19s in the uh, Europa Youth League and he, he just does seem to be growing in stature doesn't he? he seems to have really kicked on after being given the captaincy yeah I mean I think for the uh, the last couple of months of last season and certainly this season as well he just seems to be getting more and more confident week in week out and as you say with that extra responsibility on his shoulders it's he's sort of the one that players look to and he's he's delivering week after week after week I think we, we talked about him on the last podcast and I sort of said, not too sure whether he'll go out on loan for from January to the end of the season and you know maybe it'd be better for him to stay where he is. But over the last couple of weeks, I, I just think more and more he's ready now. He's ready to go out to a championship club. He, he sort of reminds me in terms of being that talisman of, of Harry Wilson mm, in his yeah. last couple of seasons with the under-23s. You always felt that he was way too good to play for the under-23s. He was the best player week in, week out, and he was just absolutely perfectly perfectly suited and perfectly ready to go out to the Championship. So I don't know. Um, I don't know what Liverpool are thinking at this moment in time, but it wouldn't be a massive shock for me to, to see him go out, say, to a, a whole city or, or someone of that level in the Championship. And the great thing is he's 18, whereas Harry Wilson was a bit older, wasn't he, before he made kind of like that breakthrough or that it became clear that he probably would have to go out on loan to to kick on Curtis Hayden's he's just been on the scene that long hasn't he yeah he, he, he sort of seems to be older than what he is doesn't he I mean we've, we've known about him for a, a long time now but yeah for, for him to be doing that at the age of 18 to be sort of head and shoulders above the rest in the, the under 23s at that age I think it just, just shows how much of a, a talent he is and his leadership is there his qualities his, his work ethic Everything on the training ground seems to be seems to be perfect. He seems to fit in when he plays with the first team at Melwood. Wouldn't be surprised again to see him in the Carabao Cup. Everything just seems to be falling into place for him at the moment. Great to hear. It also sounds like one of the summer signings like Harvey Elliott. Uh, Seth Vandenberg is settling in really nicely. You know, Barry Lutis has, has spoke highly of him in, in, in recent days, in, including after that victory over Genk in midweek. Uh, what have you seen of him? You know, there was a big hype around him because he was a signing in a summer of so few kind of signings. But is he, is he, is he doing well? He's certainly starting to settle. I mean, obviously, you, you look at the clubs that Liverpool beat to his signature, the likes of Bayern Munich were, were in for him. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's been a little bit hesitant at times, I think, a little bit too casual. I think possibly the, the intensity is, is a step up when you come to England. And he's had to, to learn quickly and to adjust. He's been thrust into the 23s. He's been playing in, in the Europa uh, the UEFA Youth League as well um, but yeah I think Barry spoke to, to Ian Doyle of the Echo earlier this week and he basically said you know it's worth considering when we are assessing these players they've not been in this country that long you know he's only 17 he's playing at a much higher level than he's used to 
And I think, yeah, his, his confidence and his assurance on the ball and off the ball seems to be seems to be coming on a long, long way over the last couple of weeks. So certainly promising signs. I'm not too sure how good his language skills are at the moment. That's obviously another thing to, to consider when these players move over, but certainly getting more and more comfortable all of the time. And if you look at Keanu Hoover, when he came in, he's probably at this moment in time well ahead of Vandenberg. <laughs> but when you put that into the context of that extra year to settle, he came in, I think it was summer 2018, Kiana. He's just been at the club longer. They're, they are sort of on the same trajectory and hopefully by the end of the season, we'll, we'll sort of see less of a difference between the pair of them. Most definitely. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. You weren't in Gank on Wednesday, but you were at Kirby on Saturday to see the under-18s, which to people who listen to this podcast who may not be aware, basically become the under-19s in the uh, the Europa Youth League. And uh, yes, the under-18s, Barry Luther's team beat Newcastle United 3-0 to continue their excellent run. And it sounded a, a very clinical, a very good performance. Yeah, lots of uh, lots of chances. I wouldn't necessarily say clinical because uh, certainly in the second half they would have been a little bit disappointed not to not to score one or two more. But you know, three nil. I think in the first half they they t- kind of tied up that game, and in the second half kind of cruised home a little bit. I mean, number of uh, impressive performances on the day. I think Jake Kane again. We we seem to talk about him every week. Continues to impress. I think that was his first time captain in the under 18s um, last weekend playing a deeper role once again but setting up chances spraying passes all over the pitch and just given that opportunity really because uh, Leighton Clarkson had moved up to the under 23s to play Wolves for that weekend and he seemed to settle into that new position really well um, Liverpool had a couple of injuries going into the game so Fidel O'Rourke for example he's the usual captain the striker he was missing but in his absence different players stepped up and I actually spoke to Barry and he you know he was absolutely delighted James Norris, James Balagizi came into the side. They were the ones who scored the goals and, you know, sealed those three points for the Reds. So nothing to complain about at all. Decent performance, shows the squad depth. Absolutely no complaints. Well, you mentioned there that you spoke to Barry Luchas after the game and here's what he had to say. A good performance, particularly in the first half, of course. So what, what did you make of that? Yeah, I thought first half, yeah, I thought we, you know, we passed the ball well. You know, I think they allowed us to have the ball in certain parts of the pitch. But I thought with that, we were patient. I thought, we, you know, we got in, you know, we went around the sides of them. We got in over the top of them and I thought we played through really well and we're, it was a real congested part of the pitch. So, yeah, no, I was really pleased with that. And I, I wasn't displeased with the second half either. I thought we continued to play and I thought we created chances and I thought today their goalkeeper, I thought it was excellent. So, you know, he was probably maybe the difference between it being three and maybe, you know, getting a little bit of a higher scoreline but that's credit to him so yeah I was pleased with the 90 not just the 45 yeah particularly in, in the first half a real fast start from you is that something that you try and put into these players yeah no we, we, and, and we talked about that because I think it's from Newcastle you know it's tough you know and I think I think if teams come here and especially with the travel we've got to make sure we try and impose our game on them and that was a big message before the game you know how we start how we try and implement our style try and not allow them try and make them sit into a bit more of a block uh, and try and control the game so yeah probably probably the first half looked the way we wanted it to look uh, and you know what goes hand in hand with that was the way we tried to with the way we created chances as well because it's not easy playing against the team you sit in yeah. and I thought you know to get the goals you know at important times was pleasing 
Yeah, I mean, you were obviously missing Fidel and, and Leighton today. Yeah. And you know, how much does it please you that the players who came in have obviously done the yeah, job? Yeah, you know, it's it, it's it's kind of the old kind of next one up, isn't it? You know, someone moves out the group, which is great. You know, not in Fidel's you know case because he's he got a bit of an injury. So, you know, unfortunate for Fidel, but an opportunity for James. And you know, you know, Leighton moves out and is around the twenty threes for the weekend. So, it's some it's an opportunity for someone else. So, yeah, it's always pleasing when you can. You know, chop and change, and other people get their opportunity. And I thought, I thought, you know, they grabbed it today. So it's always pleasing. You know, I, it's not, it's not a nervous time for me if someone moves up because that's the that's the job. You know, we want to try and get boys exposed around the under twenty threes. And obviously, you know, I trust in the lads as well that we've got here. They always know they're going to give me one hundred percent, and that's all you can ever ask for. Yeah, I thought Billy in particular was fantastic today at the back. And what did you make of his performance? Obviously, yeah. Do you know what? I, I think I, th- I think in terms, especially with the two centre backs, I think I think they've complemented each other well. And I think I'm probably finding it a little bit difficult at the moment, just in terms of splitting the two performances. You know, in terms of I think they cover each other well. I think they communicate with each other. I thought they were both extremely brave, and, and we talked about keeping a high line. Just so they couldn't drop the ball into the into the front players, and I thought when Billy stepped out, Remy covered, and I thought vice versa. So I, you know, I think as a combination, yeah, I, I, you know, I'm really pleased because I think I think any defensive line is about to, is exactly that, isn't it? It's about being cohesive and, and working in pairs or as a unit. And I, you know, I thought a pair of them today, I thought in and out of possession, I thought they were excellent. Yeah, Jakob as well, obviously in goal, fantastic communication from him, really loud. Yeah. And, you know, he's a big lad, isn't he? And yeah, and that's great for him. Settled. Yeah. He's settled, he's settled in with the lads and you know it's never easy you know it's a second language for him and he's learning the language and you know I think it bodes well that already he's, he's ready to communicate and talk to the boys and you know he'll get better he'll get better but I thought today I was yeah I was really pleased with his performance as well yeah and just a final one from me um, obviously Jake captain today I think that might be the first time I'm not sure yeah it could be yeah what was what was the thinking behind that no he's one of the senior players you know obviously in terms of you know he you know he was a regular starter last year as a first year which was a big compliment to his performance not just his performance but you know the way he you know it was it was a big season last season and you know there was a lot of kind of pressure and responsibility game to game put on the boys and I thought Jake and Lakin cut with that quite well as being regulars and I know others played the part as well but obviously without Fidel and without Leighton you know Jake got the armband but you know there's probably week to week you know and and, and you know, I know you see the games, but day to day, you know, there's a lot of responsibility on them second years to make sure the standards are being driven right. Obviously, it's, it's up to us and the staff. But I think, I, th- I think the players, I think when you've got a good dressing room, the players are driving them standards, and and Jake's one of them. So yeah, it was just a natural thing once you get the armband. Well, that was Barry Lutus there speaking after the three 0 victory over Newcastle, and that victory followed an even more emphatic one the week before when. Liverpool under-18s won 6-1 at Everton in the mini-derby. I know we previewed that match on the the last Academy Show podcast we did and I know everyone expects it to be a, a close close run affair. It didn't prove to be that at all. No, not at all. I mean, Liverpool actually went behind in the game as well. So um, an early goal to go behind and then to show good character to come back. And Fidel O'Rourke, Leighton Stewart, an own goal, Jake Kane, Leighton Clarkson, Tyler Morton as well. All different scorers turn the game around and it could easily have been more goals, to be honest. I mean, at, at both ends, Liverpool could have conceded more. Um, but yeah, I mean, when you think about a typical derby match, it, it tends to be tight. And it was last year. I think it was only 1-0 to Liverpool last year. Expected to be the same this year. They're fairly similar, fairly close in the table. I think it was second v third. So absolutely unexpected, but certainly convincing from the Reds. 
brilliant stuff. But before we now move on to the under 23s, just another piece of news I think we should address uh, is that Jack Byrne has signed his first professional contract with the club. He's a, a regular and a key member of the under 18s team. Is that really good news and is it really well deserved? Yeah, absolutely. He's actually out injured at the moment, so he's he's not been featuring, but certainly some good news for him. Um, I think we've spoken about him before and I compared him to, to Ryan Kent in terms of his style. Um, very direct. He's a winger who, who gets goals, he gets assists, and his first thought is always get the ball, turn towards the goal and, and try and run at it, which is certainly a good thing from a supporter's perspective to uh, to watch week in, week out. But yeah, great news for him. He's just the latest one of a, a number of youngsters to get that, that call for the contract and hopefully he can continue his development once he gets back from his injury. You know, hopefully he can get more and more minutes this season. He was actually part of the under-18s last season as well, but tended to be on the bench. Limited opportunities this season, I think, is a, a real big chance for him to push on. Good news for the young lad. Hopefully it goes well for him. Uh, up next for the under-18s is uh, an under-18s Premier League Cup match against Manchester City at Kirby this Saturday morning, 11am kickoff, isn't it? Yeah, that's correct. And then the under-23s are at home to Blackburn Rovers later in the afternoon, a 3pm kickoff. And then travel to Accrington Stanley, uh, who are managed by big Liverpool supporter John Coleman. He's got a lot of Reds on his staff there as well at Accrington Stanley in the Leasing.com trophy on Tuesday night. And the under-23s will go into those matches on the back of a really good run of form. I know when we did the last podcast, there were a lot of draws in there. And as you said to me before we started recording, there's still a few goals being conceded, but they will go into those games, as I say, on a good form and on the back of back-to-back victories, the, the last of which came against Wolves, which I think you paid mention to earlier. For free at the academy on uh, on Sunday, a bit of a thriller. Yeah, it's almost like a role reversal at the moment. The under-23s <laughs> are the ones involved in all these four threes and, and three twos and the under-18s are a little bit calmer. So yeah, uh, two late goals as well in that, in that game for Wolves. It, it should have been far more comfortable for Liverpool, but... Once again, Curtis Jones impressing. I thought Herbie Kane had an excellent game in midfield as well. Leighton Clarkson, as I mentioned, stepped up and seemed to settle in straight away. Two goals for Rian Brewster as well. Two lovely finishes. Once again, worth checking those out on YouTube and, and LFC TV uh, for anybody who hasn't seen them. Uh, and yeah, just a, a real accomplished performance going forward. Number number of goals, obviously not so good at the other end. You'd, you'd quite like to... Uh, to get that number three down to a one or a zero in future weeks, but certainly much more promising than it was earlier in the season. And the players just seem to be gelling a little bit more together as we expected they would as the season's gone on. Rian Brewster, as you say, scored twice and again, like Jones, like Kiana Hover, like Elliot, I'm sure he'll be hoping to play in that Arsenal game. Uh, next Wednesday isn't it in the yeah. Carabao Cup it's come around quick enough that uh, he, he, there was a lot of expectation about Rian in the summer given the fact that he played on the American Tour quite extensively in the, the pre-season game prior to that it, it's not worked out in terms of first team minutes as much why would it you know when you've got Salah, Firmino Mane and Origi but he's just doing what he can at the moment isn't he scoring goals for the under 23s and just waiting for his opportunity yeah I mean that's all you that's all you can do isn't it as a young player is impressed when you get given the opportunity and and certainly whenever he's with the first team he, he doesn't look out of place I would be massively surprised if he doesn't play uh, against Arsenal in the Carabao Cup and you'd imagine that he'll impress and it's it's a big moment I think for him obviously he's played against lesser teams in in, in cups in the past but to play against a team like Arsenal, even if they make a few changes, it's going to be at Anfield as well. So that'll be an, a nice moment for him. 
hopefully he can get himself onto the score sheet and if he can do well there then potentially there's an opportunity of, of finding his way onto the bench in, in other Premier League games, Champions League games, whatever it may be in the future. But yeah, certainly it's important for the Reds to win against Arsenal in terms of these young players coming through and individually as well. It's it's important for them to continue the good form that they're showing. And the good thing is Arsenal, if anyone's watched them in the uh, Carabao Cup or even Europa League, they look like they've got some good young players. The young striker, Martinelli, can't stop scoring at the moment. But... I think it's quite an exciting game. I know, certainly for Liverpool, the Carabao Cup is at the bottom of the priorities and probably for Arsenal, given the situation they're in, the Europa League to try and win that, having lost last year's final and to get in the top four is their kind of priorities for the season. But I think this could be a really good game because I think there's going to be a lot of young talent on show desperate to, sh- to show what they can do. Yeah, that's it. I mean, it's it's a huge opportunity for both sides and you'd imagine with that being the case, it'll be a, a high quality, high intensity game, which isn't always the case, let's be honest, with the earlier rounds of the Carabao Cup. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be exciting. It's another opportunity under the Anfield lights to, to go and put on a show and it'll be interesting to see which one of those players, maybe maybe two or three of those players can can step up and sort of show that they can do it as well, mixed in with the likes of, say, Adam Lallana, who's going to probably play and Dejan Lovren might play at the back. And I think for Harvey Elliott, for Curtis Jones, for, for Ian Brewster, it's just an opportunity for them to go out and enjoy it almost. Obviously, that there is a pressure of you've got to perform if you want to be in the team again, but what an opportunity for, for those lads to go out and play. And, and let's be honest, that's where they want to be week in, week out. So they've got to do it sooner rather than later. Most definitely. Just before we finish, uh, I just want to mention the other under-23s game that has taken place since our last Academy Show podcast. Uh, following uh, Prior to that 4-3 victory over Wolves, there was a 3-2 victory. You can see the pattern forming. <laughs> a lot of goals, a lot of entertainment over Wigan Athletic in the Premier League Cup. And it was it was two players who shared the goals who probably aren't as high profile as your Brewsters or even your Herbie Canes. It was Elijah Dixon Bonner and it was another young it man. Tom Hill on Tom, his, uh, Tom on Hill his on his debut. On his debut. Yeah. Yeah. What, what was that performance like? Because that was the first win in a while, wasn't it, after that runner's draws? Yeah, it was uh, an important win, as you say, obviously, after a, a series of draws to sort of get over the line almost in that. Obviously, Wigan being a, a bit of a lesser team, it was a, a huge opportunity. And if they hadn't have won that, it you know, questions probably would have been asked, let's be honest. Um, but yeah, two goals from outside the box from Dixon Bonner, who was uh, the captain on the day. Tom Hill, only 16, on his debut. What a moment for him. Um, and yeah, so many good performances, so many accomplished players really in that in that team. Yasser Larucci played as a number nine, um, which is quite bizarre. When wow. You, yeah. But um, you can see in the summer tour that he's got ability on the ball, hasn't he? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, so far this season, he's played left back for the first team. He's played as a number nine here. He's played left wing, right wing, midfield. Um, so, yeah, that was uh, an interesting experiment. Not one we've seen since. But, um, yeah, I can, I can certainly see him moving around the pitch in future. Long term, maybe it's best for him to find a set position. But, yeah, continuing to get minutes where he can and to be fair to him that was the first time I'd seen him up front and he, he did quite well <laughs> brilliant stuff uh, well we know all about LaRucci after what we witnessed in the summer but before we finish I'd just like to introduce a new feature what we're going to do on all our Academy Show podcast it was an idea of Matt's and I think it's a great one it's going to be called One to Watch and he's where he's going to pick out a player from the Academy maybe not someone who's that well known to the kind of wider Liverpool audience someone and people who, who don't follow the Academy as closely as obviously Matt does and we're going to start with a, a player I think you mentioned at one point 
during this conversation. His name's Tyler Morton from the under-18s. Go on then, what's Tyler? What, what kind of player he is? Why are you picking him out to start off this feature? Yeah, so uh, the reason I've chosen Tyler is because he's come off the bench a number of times over the last couple of weeks for the under-18s. And I think he's certainly set to be given a more prominent role, probably going to start the next couple of games. And I think the, the thing was, when he came off the bench, sometimes it's difficult to, to come into a game. You're 3-0 up, you're already cruising. There's not long left. Most players would just come on, keep the ball ticking and not really grasp that opportunity. But as soon as he came onto the pitch, he was absolutely on fire. Real technically gifted midfielder. Got hold of the ball at every opportunity. Moving it about with real purpose and he's got goals in him as well. I think that's uh, an exciting thing. I think he scored twice in a behind-closed-doors friendly against Sheffield United the week before that. He seems to be doing everything right. Got his goal, as I mentioned before, um, against Everton in the mini-mini derby. And yeah, just a, an exciting midfielder, an exciting prospect. And with the, the under-18s playing a sort of diamond in midfield, I think he can play in, in any one of those positions, probably the, the forward three rather than the, the number six role. But certainly I can see him getting more time on the pitch over the next few minutes, uh, over the next few weeks, I should say. Especially if Leighton Clarkson is going to step up to the 23s on a permanent basis. So... Absolutely, one to keep an eye on. Tyler Morton, a name to watch. Definitely, and I just looked at his profile on the Liverpool official website there and he turns 17 on the 31st of October, so happy birthday, Tyler. You're making me feel very old. <laughs> <laughs> but no, congratulations, Tyler. It sounds like he's having a, a cracking season and, and I just want to mention before we finish just the fact that Liverpool first team, massive match on, on Sunday against Tottenham Hotspur, but there is a lot of academy football you can go watch this weekend, starting at the academy in Kirby on Saturday morning against Manchester City in the under-18s Premier League Cup and then later that afternoon at 3pm it's Blackburn Rovers for the under-23s before that trip to Accrington Stanley on Tuesday night in the Leeson.com trophy and then of course there's the Arsenal game in the Carabao Cup it's, uh, it's an exciting time isn't it as we, we started this podcast we might end with it it's not just the first team that it's going well at the moment for the club yeah loads of games loads of opportunities to get minutes on the pitch and loads of opportunities for fans to go and watch as well so two games on the Saturday back to back at the Academy and the first team game on the Sunday Good stuff. Absolutely perfect. Brilliant, Matt. Thanks very much for joining us, mate. Thank you very much. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.